Hello and welcome to this RCL conversation. Today we're going to be listening to an RCL equip class titled Serving Without Sinking. Whilst there are many important ways to serve Christ, this class took a practical look at serving Christ in the church. How serving Christ can lead to increased joy rather than burnout or imbalance. Led by RCL pastor Bajan Mirtaloui, this class took place in February 2022. So grab your notebook and a pen as we embark on this conversation. Bajan opens us in a time of prayer. Our God, we thank you for the chance we have today to gather and study and learn and talk about what it means to serve in the church and how we can do so in ways that are healthy, that are sustainable, that glorify you and also are for the good of others. And so we pray as we begin that you would give us insight and wisdom, that you would help us to be a community that serves with joy and does so for your glory. So we pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, really excited to be with you for this class. And to begin, let me read to you a quote. This comes from John Henley in his book, Serving Without Sinking, a really helpful resource that's been for us a reference book as we've prepared this class. And in his book, John Henley writes this, we can serve Christ and keep our joy. In fact, we can serve Christ and increase our joy. And that's the burden that we have in presenting this class to you this evening. It's so that we can begin to understand and live into the reality that serving Christ is a way to experience joy and to increase joy. Now, let me say from the very beginning that the specific focus of tonight's teaching, tonight's discussion is about serving Christ in the church. There are many important ways to serve Christ outside of the walls and the programs of a local church. And we're actually going to allude to some of those later this evening. But the specific focus that we are interested in is what does serving in the church look like and how do we do so in a way that you maintain joy and health and life? And the particular reason why this is important for our class and our church right now is simply we're a young church and we're a growing church. We don't have a huge staff. And that means there are a lot of needs. There are a lot of ways that we hope people will serve. And many of you are very involved in serving in our church and helping us create a space of hospitality and joy and welcome. That's awesome. And we're deeply grateful. But we also, as we continue to move forward as a family, as a church, we want to create a community in which serving is sustainable, in which serving is healthy, in which we also recognize that sometimes in certain seasons of our life, or maybe based on things that we have going on, it's okay to say no. It's okay to not take on additional serving responsibilities in the church. And so that's why we're doing this class, and that's what we want to be talking about. So you have a handout that will guide you through most of what I'm going to be saying this evening. I hope it's a helpful resource so you don't have to take tons of notes. You can listen and write down questions or other ideas that come to your mind. But what I want to do to begin is talk about ways of viewing serving that will lead to burnout or imbalance. These are your views of God, your views of others, the way you view yourself. And this list comes from John Henley's book, Serving Without Sinking. And so if you're interested in more information about anything that I'm about to say in this list, I would encourage you to pick up that really helpful resource. But 
what are some views of God that if you have these views could lead to burnout or imbalance? And when I say imbalance, by the way, I mean you are serving to the neglect of other important disciplines or practices in your life, like Sabbath or being with your family or your friends or other ways of engaging in the city. So what are some views of God that if you have them will lead to burnout or imbalance? Here's one. I serve so that I will be good enough for God. If I serve, then he's going to accept me. Then he's going to love me. If that is part of your mentality, ultimately that'll lead to burnout. Also, another view of God would be I serve to get something from him. Because I serve, he owes me. And so deep in the heart, it's a kind of quid pro quo. Because I serve, God will repay or God owes me. And then, of course, another way that you can experience burnout in your service is you think, well, I serve to pay God back. He's given me Christ. He's given me his love. And so my service is a way to pay back that debt. And while we want to affirm that serving is a really great way to respond to Christ's grace, we also want to be quick to acknowledge that there's no way we can ever pay back that grace. How do you repay an infinite debt that's been covered on your behalf? And the answer is you can't. And if you think that through your serving, you're going to pay God back, you will be spinning your wheels forever and never come close because God's infinite grace cannot be repaid. It can be simply received with gratitude. So sometimes we need to examine our views of God. And if any of those things are true, it's a chance to examine and to apply scripture and the gospel to your heart. But there are views of others that can also lead to burnout and balance. So not just our views of God, but also our views of others. So one would be, I serve to impress others, to create a sense that I belong in the community or that I fit here. That's another view that will lead to burnout, that you serve in order to feel like you belong, in order to feel like you are accepted, to create a sense that there are reasons why you're important in this community and you belong here. Now, of course, we want to create a community where everyone feels welcomed and accepted, but that's because of who you are, not because of what you do for the church. And so uh, those would be additional reasons that if you have them, those views are present in your life or your heart, they would lead to a kind of burnout. And then the last thing to point out is your view of self. If you serve because you think Jesus needs you, that it all depends on you, it won't happen if you don't do it, that can lead to burnout. Or another way that we serve in an unhealthy way is we think, well, I serve because I actually don't need Jesus. Because I'm serving, because I'm giving, because I'm showing up, I am less in need of the grace of God because look at all the wonderful things that I'm doing. And of course, that also is a view that could lead to burnout. So if any of those views are present, and again, much more information and ideas about those views in John Henley's book, but I would encourage you if you want to unpack some of those ideas further and really think about, are those aspects of my heart? Are they things that are informing my service? And if so, it isn't necessarily a reason to stop serving, but it is a reason to say, how do I apply the gospel? How do I think about the logic of my salvation and how it would change the way that I serve? And so that's actually now what I want to talk about switching gears. So this is number two in your handout. There is a better way to serve. And that is from, not for, 
our identity in Christ. So serving from, not for, our identity in Christ. Now, one of the things that we often say in the reality family of churches is that ministry flows from intimacy. And I've loved that ever since I first heard it years ago, that your ministry for God flows forth from your relationship with God. That's the logic that we see here in Mark chapter 3. We'll read to you these couple of verses. Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to him those that he wanted. They came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, Jesus is describing the disciples and their ministry of service, the way they served him. But notice the logic, notice the order that Mark presents this calling to serve. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to do the work of ministry. And we believe that that order is essential, that before you're sent out to serve, you are with Jesus. In other words, your relationship with him is the foundation for your service in the church or in the world serving Christ. And so we would say all ministry that's healthy flows out of your intimacy with Jesus, flows out of your relationship with him. In other words, the gospel gives us a healthy foundation, a healthy way to engage in serving the church. And that's because the gospel, first of all, changes how we view God. It tells you on one hand that you are a sinner. It tells you that you're in need of saving, but it also declares that you are loved and more loved than you could have ever hoped. And so what that does is I think about my relationship with God through the lens of the gospel. It provides both humility, I need a savior, but also confidence, I am so loved. And so the gospel creates people who serve in the church with humble confidence. The gospel also changes the way that we view ourselves and the way we view others. Because the gospel allows me to say on one hand, I am needy. I need the church. I need people around me. I don't have to pretend that I have everything all together. I can be honest and vulnerable. But at the same time, the church also, or uh, the gospel also tells me that I'm needed, that the church needs me, my presence, my gifts, my contribution, the ways that I can serve. And so the gospel gives me this really nuanced understanding of self and others, which says I'm both needy and needed. And so when the gospel, when our intimacy with Jesus is at the foundation of our lives, it creates the, you might say, streams for healthy serving. And so if tonight you are looking at your own life, if you're looking at your service to the church, and you're thinking about ways that you need to examine your own heart, if you know, maybe discern some motives that are maybe are not as uh, sort of pure as they could be. The answer is, well, maybe not stop serving, but the answer is apply the gospel, go deeper into the gospel, the truth of what Jesus has accomplished and see how that can change the way you think about serving. Now, let's go to the top of page two. And what I want to do for the rest of our time this evening is try to get a little bit more practical. And that is to say, I wanna talk about practical steps that when you think about the foundation of the gospel, how then do you build on that foundation to create real health and real joy and sustainability as you serve in the church? So the first thing I wanna talk about is the relationship of serving and Sabbath. 
Now, when we talk about Sabbath, what we mean is a spiritual and a practical reality. So Sabbath as a spiritual reality simply means that in Jesus, we've been given rest. We've been given a new identity. We've been brought into God's family, if we are Christians. And that means we can rest from our labor. We can rest from our work. We can rest from trying to earn God's salvation or earn God's acceptance. So there's a deep spiritual rest. But also Sabbath, therefore, is a practical reality. You might say it's a physical one wherein the people of God, one day a week, make sure to take time to rest. And Sabbath, Rich Velotis talks about it this way, is always about stopping and starting. So on the Sabbath, you stop doing certain things, the things that you do for your normal vocation, and you start doing other things, things that are different than your normal vocation, things that bring life and joy and rest. And so as an example in my life, Sabbath means I stop doing emails and I start taking Esme for a scooter ride, just as an example. It's about stopping and starting, stopping things that are your normal work and starting things that give life. So that applies also to service in the church, that if you're serving, in addition to your jobs and caring for your families and all those other important things, if your service in the church means you never have rest you never have a day off. You never have time to simply sit and do things that are bringing you life and joy that are outside the realm of your normal vocation or your normal service. That's a problem. And so we want to be a church that says, yes, service matters. And we want and we encourage people serving in the church. But we also want to be a community that practices Sabbath rest. And part of the reason for that is Sabbath is a countercultural practice in a city like London where we pride ourselves on our accomplishments and on our achievements. Sabbath is a way to show forth that actually our identity is rooted in grace, not what we've done, not what we've built, not what we've achieved. Therefore, Sabbath flows from the gospel and it invites obedience. Uh, what I simply mean by that is for many of us, and I'll be the first to say Sabbath is hard. It's hard for me to take a day off to rest because I'm always aware that there's more that can be done. And so Sabbath is much a practice of obedience as it is this sort of deep desire in my heart. But as you practice Sabbath, you begin to realize how life-giving and energizing it really is. So if you're interested in that topic, if you want to learn more, we have another RCL conversation. It's available on our website. It's called Practicing Sabbath with Rich Velotis, and would encourage you to pick that up if, if, something, uh, if Sabbath is something you want to learn more about and go deeper in. But what we're saying here simply tonight is serving in the church must coexist with the practice of Sabbath in your life. And so we need to find ways to do that. Number four, fourth thing we want to talk about tonight is there needs to be a balance and a relationship between serving inside and outside the church. Now, there's so much I could say about this topic. It's really rich and an important topic, but let me do my best to try to to try to give you a quick insight, quick summary, and then maybe during the Q&A time, we'll have more discussion. But serving inside the church are the ways in which people help the ministry of Reality Church London happen. So this isn't an exhaustive list, but things like community group leadership or being on Kids in Crash, the coffee team, maybe serving on the Connect team or set up and tear down. 
these are ways that people serve the church to make our ministries happen, to create hospitable worship spaces. But there are also important ways to serve God that are outside the walls and the programs of the church. This has to do with serving in areas of mercy and justice throughout the city, serving at your workplace by being a example and working hard and and making Christ known as you can in your spheres of influence. This means being part of your family or your relationships and caring there in those spaces. So what we're trying to say is that we should not serve the church to the neglect of serving Christ in the other parts of our lives, especially throughout our city. We definitely want and need people serving in the church, but we also want to encourage people to have space and energy in their life to serve God in the city. The reason for this, it actually flows out of the Reformation doctrine called the priesthood of all believers. Martin Luther and others during the 16th century recovered the idea, the scriptural New Testament idea, that every Christian is a priest or what we call the priesthood of all believers. And that means there really is no distinction between the sacred and the secular that all work can be bringing glory to God, that all work can be done for the good of others. And therefore, we need to recover an identity as Christians that sees our whole lives as service to Christ, as ways of worship, of ways of bringing God glory and serving for the good of others. So therefore, as a church, we want to equip, we want to encourage, and we want to give you space to serve God not just in the church, but also outside the walls of the church. Therefore, the practical takeaway is if you're serving in the church is so, um, so, so much, sort of taking up so much time that you're not connecting to the city, you're not building deep friendships, you're, you're not prioritizing other relationships in the city, that may be something to examine and to revisit. So we want to both serve inside, but also outside the church because of the priesthood of all believers. Now, let me just here at the end, uh, this is number five, offer some really practical suggestions about ways that you can think about how serving can be sustainable. And uh, we'll run through this list. I'll close with a scripture from Matthew 16 that's been a deep encouragement. And then we'll jump back into some table discussions before our time of Q&A. But a couple of suggestions for sustainable serving. And so for all of us, these are ideas, these are suggestions for possible next steps, ways to think about sustainable serving. First, everyone can serve somewhere, but no one should serve everywhere. So there are two kinds of people listening to me tonight. Some of you are serving too much in the church. And what I mean is you're serving a lot And there are ways that you are neglecting things like Sabbath or maybe some ministry and service in the city. And so as you reflect on tonight's teaching, what you might need to do is think about other ways that I should step back a little or say, you know, no to one or two parts of my service. But actually, for most of us, the response to tonight is going to be, I need to serve somewhere. There's a way in the church that I can serve in a way that I can give. So everyone can serve somewhere, but but no one should serve everywhere. Second thing, we need to help each other. And really, this is about going deeper into the gospel. Serve from joy, not guilt, or to earn favor. 
So joy must be the motivation. And the way in which you do that is by going deeper into the gospel, by seeing both how loved you are and how needy you were of God's grace. And as you see both Christ's amazing love and his act of grace for you, that creates a healthy, deep joy that enables you to serve from a place of, of health and, uh, and sort of not feeling like, well, I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, I, I, you know, or else I need to earn God's favor, that kind of thing. Third suggestion, pay attention to the seasons of your life. There are different seasons that we go through. There are different times in life where we're more busy or the needs of our families or our jobs are more intense and that's okay. So I would encourage you to look not just at your schedule week to week, but seasons and say, is this a season where I can be more involved in church service, more involved in, in helping the church, uh, you know, be a place of, of welcome and hospitality? Or is this a season where actually maybe I need to pull back because of things that are happening in my life and around me? So we do go through seasons and it's important to pay attention to those seasons. Fourth, look at your schedule. Are you prioritizing regular time for Sabbath? And are you paying attention to how God calls you to serve outside the walls of the church and the programs of the church? And so maybe sometime over the next week or two, look at your schedule and just ask, do I have sustainable practices here for Sabbath? And am I connecting in and with the city and my communities in the city and my job, et cetera? If not, it's a time to look at your schedule and say, how can we make this a little bit more balanced? and sustainable. And then last, and this is often a question that people ask me, where should I serve? And there's always a balance between serving in the area of your gifts or your sort of temperament, and then just looking at where the needs in the church are. So as a community right now, we have needs in almost all of our teams, all of our ministries. And so there's no bad place for you to serve. But sometimes you won't discover your spiritual gifts until you actually try out serving. So my encouragement would be, if you look at our needs, if you look at the ministries of the church and you say, I want to serve, but I don't really know where to start, pick one. Just have a go. And you'll find out if that is the right place for you, if there's joy and alignment, or if that ends up being something that isn't a good fit. And then you can always adjust and, and uh, try something new. But you, you know, discovering spiritual gifts is, is uh, kind of an art and a science in that it takes time to figure it out. And sometimes you don't know until you try. Frederick Beekner says it this way. The place that God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And that's true. And sometimes you don't know until you're in it, until you're trying it out and serving. So consider those suggestions for sustainable service. I want to close by reading from Matthew chapter 16. This is a passage of scripture that has meant a great deal to me, um, not just as a part of the church, but as the pastor of the church, because I often pray about, I worry about, I wonder about our church and the health of our church and the future of our church. And I have to remember that Jesus is the builder of this church, that he is the sustainer of it, that it doesn't depend on just me or you or any individual, but we all together come together and depend on Jesus. So Matthew 16, Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then Jesus replies and tells Peter, yes, and on that rock, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Jesus tells Peter that confession that I am the son of the living God, that I am the Messiah, that's what the church exists on. And Jesus says, I will build my church. And so we serve with him. We serve from identity in Jesus, recognizing that he builds his church. And so thank you for serving. Thank you for thinking about serving. And it's my hope and prayer that tonight's teaching will help all of us serve from a place of joy and health so that we can make Christ known in London. Thank you. Great. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for that RCL conversation. As we mentioned at the start of this recording, that was an excerpt taken from one of our equipped classes. They are classes where we do a deeper dive into specific topics, and they happen around about once a month across a calendar year. So for all the details of how you can find out more about the next upcoming equipped class, please do head to our website, realitychurch.london. There you can also find ways to get in touch if you have any questions over anything you heard today, and also you can find ways to serve in our beautiful church community. So thank you again for joining and we look forward to speaking to you again soon for our next RCL conversation. Goodbye.